Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, June 13th edition of the Basement Academy. Appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day. We'll try to be timely and focused and thoughtful uh, with this reflection. I want to begin with the morning psalm that's a little long, so we'll acknowledge that. But there's um, good and important language in this. And so this is Psalm 73. And so, again, with our ears tuned to this concept of treasure and wealth and money. Let's listen to Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. Their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like, always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Mm. Again, a little long, but parts of that I think are very familiar to you. Psalm 73. But the wicked who are carefree and only increase in wealth, seem, seeming not to have any concern for the poor, etc., only for themselves. 
But this language, whom have I in heaven but you? Nothing, earth has nothing I desire besides you. There are no treasures on earth that compare with God. Okay, <clears throat> introduced this notion yesterday of money having purpose. The, the money as a means versus money as an end. When money is functioning as a means, that is, there's a larger purpose for which money is given or is, is, is suitable. And so I use money for some other purpose, some other end, or money as its own end. The purpose of money is to collect it and to have it because then I feel better about myself. And so means versus end and some, some tension here. So I want to talk about the purpose or purposes of money. Now, one, I only had an economics minor, okay? Not a major and I'm not an economist, <laughs> nor do I play one on TV. So what I offer here is not intended to be economic doctrine, certainly fi not financial guidance, speak to your financial planner, okay? But what this is, is a pastoral reflection on the purpose or the purposes of money, legitimate God-ordained purposes for money that keep money functioning as a means, not as an end, guarding us from having money be a master to us, a lord over us, right? Rather, it is a servant, it is a tool. So the, the first, very simply, is money is a means of exchange within a community. Money is a means of exchange. It, 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 it enables community life, shared life. Once upon a time, it was all barter, right? I grow crops, you grow uh, flocks. We trade so you can have grain and I can have meat, okay? And I suppose there are plenty of places where the barter economy is still uh, flourishing, but things are easier when we agree on a common currency, a common means of exchange. So it facilitates, the purpose of money is to facilitate community life. And so we can work. So the fruit of our labor, we work. And instead of being paid in bushels of corn or only working the land when when we move beyond an agrarian economy into an industrial economy, the, the fruit, our labor is what we offer to the community. And in response or in return, uh, we receive compensation, wages, benefits, salary, income. Okay. And so in the broadest sense, money just enables our shared common life that I can labor receive income. You can labor, receive income. We can go to the store, purchase goods and services. We secure our daily necessities. We need food. We need clothing. We need shelter. Um, we need other uh, transportation so that we can get to our uh, place of employment, etc. We need to buy, um, textbooks and other, we purchase education, right? We purchase opportunities. 
So it's goods and services is some traditional language when we talk about in, in the economy and money. And so there are some broad and what I would call generic applications or uses or purposes of money. We're so familiar with those, we don't even think about them. But imagine if your currency wasn't accepted at a local store. You go in to purchase and you present plastic or or paper, that is, you you know, you give a, a dollar bill or some coins or and and that that is not legal tender. That's the language used, legal tender. Well, your life is going to become more complicated. You you'd eventually figure it out. But what we would probably figure out is let's have a shared, agreed upon, uh, widespread agreed upon unit of, of exchange, some, some method of exchange, and hence money, okay? And so money is what allows us to be about more than just harvesting crops. We can diversify our economy. Um, I think I'll put it on the on the whiteboard. <clears throat> the Greek word for house is oika. So as for me and my house, so to speak, house or household is oikos. The Greek word uh, that's house technically. Oikonomia is the household. This is now the collection of people under my roof, my children, perhaps servants, animals, and like the oikonomia. Boy, that sure sounds like a word we recognize, doesn't it? And so oikos is house, oikonomia is household. And by household, not just the physical structure, but all the system that operates under a roof, under the leadership of a family or an individual within the family. and so. The economy is the collection of our households. It is the collective household. As we figure out how to distribute resources and access those resources and labor for the common good so that my labor serves you somehow, your labor serves me somehow, that collectively in a shared way, we are working together in the, the common household of the human family. Okay, so this is this these first purposes are very broad and generic. Money helps to facilitate justice in society. There's access, there's fees, there's permits and, and fees associated with those permits. So if you want to go into business, you have to demonstrate that you're a commitment, you're, you're operating within the uh, the legal guidelines, and then your business is permitted. You are permitted to operate. That is, you have been given permission to labor. Um, if someone breaks in, then there is the administration of law, and there are penalties and and fines. Okay, and so the the, the administration of justice is facilitated by money. I, I have a driver's license. I am to be I have to operate that uh, car 
within certain guidelines. I'm required to have insurance so that if my car runs into your car, you are justly compensated. And so we have this whole system in our society that helps to facilitate justice. There's bail and there's bond. And so there's you, you, you pay a, a price for freedom if you are alleged to have uh, violated the law and you are arrested, you are held, and then money, and it sometimes is very high prices, sets to, to secure access to you again in the future. We want to talk to you in the future, and so we'll let you out, but... Um, you know, it's with a with the price or fines. Maybe if you you know, we've probably most of us had traffic tickets before, and so you have to pay a debt to society. So so facilitating justice in our society, taxes and all of that goes with our, our social um, shared social life. And now I've got something down here that says consecrate particular vocations. We believe that it's helpful to have safe communities and so we consecrate and we set aside police officers, law enforcement. And they are paid from the common from the common fund as it were. So we collectively pay for our police and for our military and for certain other public officials. And so we uh, teachers, right? So we consecrate, we set apart certain vocations and we pool our resources together because we say it is good. This is a, 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 a service or um, a vocation that will serve the common good. It serves a larger group of people. So we want them to labor without having to have a side hustle, right? We want to pay them fairly so that they can serve the wider community. One of those particular vocations is the vocation of the priesthood, if I could say it broadly, right? And so not, now we don't tax everybody and pay for our pastors uh, and our priests and others. And we don't even tax the local church, right? It's a voluntary contribution, but you, Greenwich, pool your resources together and from your resources come my income and that of the other church staff. And so we are consecrated. We are set apart to labor for the good of the community. And so we, are, we seek to compensate justly so that we don't have to have multiple jobs so we can give full attention to serving the community. Money is another way of demonstrating love and compassion, love and compassion for the poor. So charity, alms, Okay, and so we just give sometimes directly to the poor or to organizations that support the poor. Um, we give to our friends. There's gift giving and, and to our family and inheritance. And so we, we pass on to our children and our children's children some of the accumulated wealth that God has blessed us with. And, and scripture talks about this. The righteous man leaves for his children's children, right? And so... There's a demonstration of love and, and compassion and, and concern 
that money enables us to do. So that money can support the organization, can turn that money that we donate into uh, clothing and, and shelter and, and food for the impoverished. Um, it, it could turn into other goods and services that, that the poor may not have access to, right? And so money enables compassion, love, justice, consecration, that is um, setting, setting apart. It, it enables um, um, the, the, the just compensation for our labors and, and it enables our community life. And so money helps community. It, it helps us live. To, so we, we don't live by bread alone, but we do live by bread, right? And so money helps us buy bread for ourselves, for others. And so justice and compassion and social good and cohesion, all of these good purposes for which money may be used. These are proper and good expressions. I have another uh, item down here at the very bottom of the list. If you're listening, you can't see it, but on the whiteboard, the expression of devotion and worship. And so we'll, we'll start to look at this uh, the next few days. Malachi speaks uh, to the people of Israel, the last of our prophets listed in the Old Testament. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why are you robbing God? We're not robbing God. Well, then bring the whole tithe in. Sometimes the tithe would have been crops and, and flocks. Bring the first fruit of your flocks and of your crops. But also there was permission in the law of Moses. There were provisions in the law of Moses. If it's too difficult to travel with all of that, then you may sell the tithe, the 10% of your crop this year, convert that into money, and then bring that to Jerusalem, to the temple. And so the expression of a tithe is an expression of devotion. It's an expression of gratitude. It's a demonstration of thanks. I believe you have provided for me, O oh God, in my flocks, in my fields. You have provided for my family. Your word indicates that I am to bring a tenth of, of, of that produce, the fruit of my labor, unto the Lord. And so it is brought as an expression of devotion, as an expression of worship and tribute and thanksgiving to God. And so money is also an expression of an inner reality. Much of this is the outer reality, right? The, the, the realities of our bodies, but, but money is legitimately used as an expression of our hearts. How can I repay the Lord for all the good that he has done for me. Psalm 116. I will lift up the cup of salvation in the name of the Lord and perform my vows in the presence of all his people. And one of those vows would have been to bring the tithe. We are committed, we are obligated to express our tribute. We're going to talk more about that because that sounds kind of harsh. God certainly doesn't need our money, but he wants our hearts. And he knows that money or wealth is the chief rival to our heart. So he commands 
that we bring. He doesn't just suggest, he commands that we bring. So anyway, there are many, many more expressions of of legitimate uses and purposes for money. But I offer these to you as hopefully intuitively obvious, patently obvious to us, so that we don't get down this road of thinking money is evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, Paul warns us. But money itself, with hearts set free in in relationship to God, becomes a wonderful means to these many, many good purposes for facilitating community life, loving our neighbor, expressing what God intends for our lives and for the lives of so many others, flourishing and fruitful lives. And so let's close here and then we'll pick up tomorrow uh, and, and keep going, okay? Let's pray. And so we bless you, O Lord, for the provision you have made for us and the many ways in which the money that you have entrusted and blessed us with enable us to participate in community. Help us to do so more and more and help us to use money always for these good, right, holy and godly ends. And we pray for the flourishing of our communities, our homes, our places of work and service, our church, our communities, our nation. And so, Lord, we we pray this in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, that our household, our oikonomia, may be a flourishing uh, expression of your kingdom on earth. Hear us as we pray now, praying how you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God cause your household to prosper and flourish for his glory. May God strengthen your hands for faithful and fruitful labor. And may you always use what he has given to you to build up your neighbor and to express love in the kingdom of God. May he do it this day and forevermore. Amen.